Welcoming you in to another edition of the VHF DX podcast. Nick Langan here with Bryce Foster as we uh, recognize what we believe is the overall conclusion to the 2022 e-skip season uh, as we record this uh, part one of a, a two-part episode recapping the season uh, here on August 20th. Uh, Bryce, how are things going on Cape Cod? Um, and sort of just reflect not only on the season, but as you astutely remembered, um, this has now been one year, one year and change now that we've been recording this, um, you know, adventurous podcast. Um, what a ride it's been. Adventurous. I like that word. It's a good, a good adjective. Uh, <laughs> it could go either way. No, it's yeah. Uh, we'll leave it up to the uh, imagination of the listener as far as how you might characterize that adventure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I think I'd like to think our adventure has led us to getting uh, a little better. I think we still we still have an audience. So yeah, I'm just riding. I'm riding high, Nick. Uh, it was been a it's been a fantastic uh, DX season. Uh, a lot of really nice in interaction with our community this year. Um, I'm thrilled to be doing this with you every six weeks or so and uh, to have the listeners, you know, I'm just reflecting on all the the good elements of life and uh, DXing lately because it's been uh, it's been very good to me. So I'm feeling great. And uh, yeah, things in Cape Cod are quite fine. The uh, the incessant heat wave that all of the United States has been Hell dealing yeah. with. I think we, we got a little hint of it. I can't complain because it's, you know, 90 is a heat wave here, but it's finally broken and the past week was beautiful. So, you know, life, life is good. Uh, what, what about you in New Jersey? Yeah, no, the, uh, the weather, um, this is probably, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll have, a few more 90 degree days um, before the warm season is out. But this actually probably begins like the best weather stretch. Eh, maybe wait till September to say that, but like September through mid October, like you can't beat the weather. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think when we started this, um, I had no idea what the interest level was going to be. Um, and I think what's wonderful is like every time there's a little pause between episodes, you know, life happenings for either of us, like we have people wondering when we're going to record, um, lots of interaction on Twitter. Um, you have done a phenomenal job. We'll talk about it. Um, compiling clips of audio catches, um, sent into us all over the planet, literally, um of dx catches from this past season um so i feel like what it shows is there is you know maybe we don't have the numbers but there is an appetite for this kind of content um that really nobody else was doing um and we're happy to be a part of it because i think we've both been like you know um really engaged members of this community for you know a long time um and you know i, I think it's also at the point where you want to give back a little bit um, yeah, and um, and that's sort of what what this has become, which, which is awesome, which is awesome. I'm honored to be, you know, I don't know if I'm in the right seat or the left seat, but but on the ship on the yeah. ship here, um, just ch talking about our amazing hobby. So, you know, I feel like we've accomplished, you know, relative to the size of the community. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a small community. You so gotta we're keep never, yeah. we're never gonna, you know, I don't think we're going to have any sponsors. Anytime yeah. I mean, soon we're not, or, uh, you know, but our not... engagement has been consistently trending um, in the right direction in terms of uh, listeners. And it, it definitely helps us keep going um, to have all this interest. And then more important than the interest and in how many people are paying attention to us I think that we've had several people stumble upon the podcast, maybe kind of interested in VHF propagation in general and hearing our focus, which we are unabashedly focused on the broadcast bands FM. and probably yep. specifically FM, just because this is an audio medium and it's a little hard to talk about TVDX without video, right? Um, exactly. But, you know, there's 
in general, focusing on on broadcast mediums, um, it's been it's been really cool to have some new people come in. We've got we got a really interesting email from a DXer in Australia recently who I think stumbled upon us and you know maybe learned a lot about the North American DXing environment. Shared some cool anecdotes in Australia. We've had at least um, you know a few new folks spin up the. Um, auto tuners in the United States, um, thanks to our, our discussion there. And just overall, you know, I, I feel like we're, um, you know, reaching a, a broad base of the community here. So all thanks to the wonderful people who listen and subscribe. And I think today is kind of a, a thank you for that in the form of a two-part season end bonanza, uh, at least the end of the sort of e-skip season, which I feel like is kind of the, the DX season overall, um, you know, kicks down into a, a lower gear from, from here on out. So as Nick mentioned, we're going to do a two-part episode. So today, episode one, we're uh, recording here on Friday, August 20th. I think we're aiming to get this out by the end of the weekend. And then our second part becoming Labor Day weekend. So today we're going to just talk a lot about the season, the recap, propagation, um, some interesting logs from DXers. And then next time we have a lot of topics lined up on equipment, tools and tricks, platforms that we're using, you know, just kind of an update on the, the state of DXing technology and collaboration. Uh, and then at the end of each episode, I am really, really happy to uh, roll out this listener audio as part of the show. So we it sounds got, terrific. Yeah. Nick has had a little sneak preview of what uh, I've been recording. So it got, sounds like documentary, like, like, you know, a documentary narrator, you know, around uh, some of these audio clips. I, I, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, yes. I'm aiming to be the next David Attenborough of, uh, <laughs> of DX put you play me on loop and see if you can snooze, uh, <laughs> fix your insomnia. Look, give yourself more credit than that. But no, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I, and again, we thank the folks for sending these clips in. Um, and it's really cool. I think, you know, we've had, you know, people suggest, um, throughout the time we've been recording, Hey, you know, you talk about these clips, maybe feature a couple of them in the episode. And so we sort of theorized the best way to do that. Um, and this is all Bryce, Bryce, uh, you know, uh, under, you know, decided to undertake compiling these, um, editing them down. Um, and I think it's, you know, because you don't want to, you know, we want to be reasonable with like the length, the duration. Um, obviously if you're, you know, we know is, FM band to DXers. Um, if you're just listening to a bunch of static, that's not the most uh, appealing um, presentation for a podcast. Uh, but I think what you're going to hear is is, is going to be really cool. Although, you know, we do uh, to, to go to sleep. There's a podcast of like white noise of like different sounds. So maybe that's I mean, an idea for us, Nick. That's you, get I some mean, open, that's... open frequency recordings uh, for 12 hours and uh, people can. Probably I mean, that would probably get more listens than this that's, podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, just maybe like uh, you know, de-emphasize an iBox sideband. I, I oh my got God. Pl plenty of those, and uh, <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that that might be a niche right there that we could uh, we could take over. Add there's our gold mine seagulls. Yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities. So you know, in the context of this podcast, you know, we'll try to limit the amount of static you hear. But we also know that. Look, that's like a part of, you know, if it's going to be a quality catch, there's probably going to be some interference unless you're Randy's or and you just have, you know, translators at 2100 miles coming in with, you know, clear signals. Um, but, <laughs> you know, otherwise, most of us, the rest of us, if we get something that good, it's probably going to be static filled. So um, but we had a lot to choose from, which was really, really cool, really exciting. So um, and please keep sending them. I mean, as long as I have the time to do it, which I think I do, I want to include these on every episode and there's no, it, it doesn't have to be particularly fresh. So if you find some audio in, in your IQ files, you don't have to send a big long paragraph unless you want to, because it's fantastic to get the anecdotes along with the audio. But if you just want to send 
a, an interesting clip that you've uh, you've pulled out of your files or that you have from earlier in the season. Keep them coming, please. VHFDXpodcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming and we will feature them in future episodes. And that also goes for all the wonderful submitters uh, this time. So today we're going to f- uh, focus on the non-North American DXers. So I have four very interesting sets of audio and anecdotes from three, three in Europe and one in Asia and the US and Canada, you guys still have another couple of weeks. So if you want to send anything in, if I didn't get, if I didn't reach you in our WTFDA email list or on Twitter, uh, where I kind of made the call for this stuff, um, you're on notice now. So vhfdxpodcast at gmail.com. And if we can't get to you this time, stay tuned in future episodes and you'll You'll hear there will your, be opportunity. You'll hear your stuff. That's uh, no, no question. And uh, you know, we uh, we 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 just encourage it. So that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so we have that to look forward to. Um, and yeah, I uh, I I suppose we might just you know want to jump in. Um, yeah, I mean, so first of all, I I think we've in the past, I don't know that we've done it really recently and uh, a grade for the season. Do you, do you have one in mind um, there great, in New Jersey? Great question. Um, so, you know, as far as trying to do this somewhat statistically um, I'd say for, for quantity of openings, uh, it, it, it was clearly above average. Um, that was actually helped a little bit and it not at all unprecedented, um, particularly recently, but we've had this recent Perseids fueled flurry of activity um, in mid-August, um, including, you know, what I would say was a very strong opening last um, last week at this time, the uh, 13th of August. Um, there was also some activity on the 14th. So as far as, you know, statistically goes, um, July was above average for quantity of openings based on my data set. The average in, I think it's 17 years now, um, is just under nine. We had 10, at least I noted 10, New Jersey, Eastern Pennsylvania. And there were four in August. That is among the higher Augusts. Uh, In 2005, I noted five. In 2008, I noted five. 2018 also had four. Um, so not, I, I, you know, I want to be clear, it, it was not unprecedented, the little flurry of activity uh, that we had in August. So I would say if I had to give a letter grade, again, June ended up falling above average. May was below average. July, and this is on quantity of openings. I would say, you know, a very, a solid B, I think is where I would go with it. Um, I did not think, the quality of openings was nearly on par. Again, this is Northern Mid-Atlantic. This is also me. I would say I was pretty distracted, uh, you know, life happenings um, for much of the, particularly the back half of the e-skip season. So if somebody wants to, um, you know, maybe, you know, it's not, as they say, a hill I would necessarily die on as far as, um, you know, maybe not the strongest quality season. Um, and again, it, there are individual cases, obviously, of multi-hop skip and all the Randy skip. Um, I I wasn't overwhelmed with the quality of openings. I feel like, um, you know, 2021 and 2021 was a special season. Um, it was not nearly on that par. I can't exactly quantify that yet, only that I think as far as statistically, the metric I have for... 102 megahertz MUF lasting two hours. There was only one opening of that kind in July. Um, And I don't know if I determined whether last weekend's openings fell into that category in August. So um, look, not a bad season by any stretch. There was activity, I think, coming off the um, high of 2021. It was naturally going to be a bit lower Um, as far as across the board, but still to finish up with 26, 27 um, openings based on my classification of 30 minutes into FM, um, you know, continuously, that is among, I believe, the top five uh, seasons in my data set. So hard to complain. And I think it, it sort of mirrors 
probably your experience, Bryce. Maybe that there were, you know, I think New England had a really good season. Um, and I feel like, it, you know, these sort of things, you know, not to use the cliche, but they kind of do even out um, because, you know, before you graced your presence um, up there on Cape Cod, I feel like there were a few seasons where New England got the short end. So it's just funny um, how even in the ionosphere, um, these things sort of work themselves out. Um, would you concur? Maybe you're a little higher on the festivities than I am. Um, and obviously you have some great DX to uh, fuel that, um, you know, perspective, but, but, but your thoughts. Uh. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to slightly change my grade so it wouldn't be the same, but I'm just going to be unoriginal and also go with the B. It just uh, feels right. It just, yeah, feels right. especially if we're, I feel like I'm grading on a curve and obviously 2021 is the A plus it, uh, it, it, as it, far as I'm concerned. Undisputed, so, undisputed. That's yeah. I, and I feel like that was almost international. Like everyone seemed to have a fantastic 2021. Now I'm sure there's going to be some people in some canyons on the West coast that didn't have a great season, but um, it's, you know, it, I, I'm just going to say the usual suspects. That's I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, and I really, I, I, I hope for them that that, that that changes here and in, uh, in a coming year and um or you'll just have to make a de expedition out to remote receiver, you know, idea. Remote receiver, <laughs> um, camp out in Larry Horlick's backyard. Oh my gosh. That's uh, <laughs> or Randy's, you know, yeah, he's, yes. he's he's welcoming. He's he's had he's already had a visitor. He uh, he has mentioned. So, so yeah. Goldfield. I think if you just roll into Goldfield and ask for Randy, you will uh, they'll know him. Yeah. yeah. And he'll probably have like, you know, somewhere from Kansas or, you know, Nebraska on on low end D skip, no matter what time of year. That's, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's but yeah, be here. And uh, I think your assessments were roughly right. I, I observed relative to prior years. I've only been here for, uh, this is my second E skip season here, but obviously many years of E skip, mostly in Tennessee. Um, this year, I felt like came in, in more pronounced waves than before, ups and downs. There were periods where, it's just overwhelming e-skip every single day for one or two weeks at a time versus I feel like the traditional cadence is, you know, two days on, two days off, two days on, two days off. You know, maybe you get a third right or about four, that. fourth day in a row. This year, there were periods in late June and early July where it was like every single day pretty consistent yep. yep and um and then there was like a drought there kind of in the middle of july at least for us here in the eastern half of the united states um to the so, point where i think we thought the season was oh and this was yep. actually concurred we could you know when we talk about the international skip i'll you know mention i was uh i had a great opportunity to be in finland um at the end of july um, and that sort of was concurrent to, you know, a bit of a drought where, you know, I think it was reasonable. Other seasons have ended um, in mid to late July. And that's kind of what it seemed like. Um, and so, yeah, I think there there, there was a pretty um, so. And just like this little flurry of August activity, um, it was all sort of bunched together right, you know, right around the Perseids peak, which again, lends to the conversation. That, um, I think there's something to that association. I think, I think you, you made a believer out of Larry. Um, Larry, you get so many mentions on this podcast, you know, we should, you know, we should have some sort of sponsorship for you. Um, but uh, that's, I, I think that's, you know, so I think there's truth to that. Um, I also, you know, just in general, I think, you know, I, I just want to, I don't know, this is, like just a, a general thought of mind. Um, I think it also lends itself to a discovery we had from somebody sending in um, a gentleman. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the Finnish DX Society uh, in Finland and how they evaluate the seasons. Um, just it, 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 it sort of mirrors like other advancements in technology, like the SDR era, um, you know, possibly we're not only like getting more logs, but I think we're aware like anytime there's skip now uh, between SDRs, the auto loggers, there's like that there are many ways of finding out. Whereas, you know, in previous seasons, tracking data, um, 
it was more likely that Skip was going to fall through the cracks. So I guess just as far as historical precedent, just to keep that in mind, that the way we're quantifying measuring seasons, I mean, obviously, too, we were listening and we might have been watching low band TV back then. Um, you know, some of us use that as as, you know, as a criteria, which we don't have now. Um, but just that, you know, the totals, I don't want to say are inflated. Um, but our evaluation now is, you know, is so good for detecting openings that, you know, I just I just want to give a little love to uh, past seasons that, you know, maybe now you know, just 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 to have perspective when we evaluate these seasons based on the, the technology getting better. Um, but also, you know, we're not missing anything now, you know, for better or worse. So just, yeah. just to get that in there. Um, I, I agree. Uh, FM list alerts. I think we'll talk more about FM list in part two, but having those turned on, I get a flurry of emails whenever there's anyone within, you know, the, if, if the eSkip cloud has me as a potential end, the donut. Yep. always get a, a notice when the donut falls just right. So having having that available, you know, sometimes it's early in the morning, I'm lingering in bed and that gets my butt out of bed and down to my computer. And sure enough, you know, half the time the band is open. There is skip. And I'm yep. reporting on FM list and other people are getting alerts. So, you know, between that and, you know, just better means of communications and SDRs. I think we're, we're, we're making more, we're squeezing more out of exactly, the lemon. Exactly, exactly, which, which is certainly a good thing. That's, you know, that, that it, it's better detection. It allows, and again, I would, I would credit yourself, um, you know, it, it has people looking, I think back to, you know, not, not to veer off the rails here, but um, back, you know, talking about 2021, July 13th, um, I was thinking to myself, would anyone have, would we have noticed um, half of the stuff from Columbia, um, you know, some of the lesser Antilles um, looking at even channels, you know, if someone hadn't been checking for even frequencies and obviously with the SDR seeing that, but um, sometimes you just have to, um, you know, it, like get, but it, it comes back to somebody actually looking, making those reports and it's, it's turning other people onto it. And so seeing that growth in the community, but somebody had to start that too. So um I'm not taking the credit for Bryce, that, but you're the man. Thank you. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's really what it comes back. That where I'm going here is Bryce Foster, a DX visionary. So uh, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. All right, Nick. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a lot of the tools and excellent, for sure, excellent for sure. DXers of all varieties and all locations for sure that contribute for sure. contribute to the ongoing knowledge. So anyway, more to come in part two about our reporting tools. And then, you know, to finish out kind of my recap of the season, obviously that was, I was talking a little bit about domestic openings going in some excellent waves. Uh, and then in terms of international, which really has become my main interest. If I just look at my single hop e-skip bubble, you know, I think everyone probably, any DX or anywhere has their typical areas that they hear and you know unless again you're in one of these situations you're using a single frequency tuner or you just have a challenging location to where maybe anything is exciting for for anyone with a pretty good dial and an SDR that's you know eyeballs deep in e-skip the the regular stuff gets old you know for me it's like northern mississippi i've heard every station there i'm done that. with it you know i think the people in uh i've heard in europe the equivalent is spain spain is everyone has everybody <laughs> everything in spain spain and, is is yeah it is spain is like our here in jersey our florida like uh, yes. you know, that is that is that's it, it's you know straight down to like the you know the 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 path um you know being straight south and you know it, it's it's funny the similarity is it, it it really is but yeah um, so that you know, for me um you know that was pretty good i'll just call it a b and then really the highlight of my season were uh, i was lamenting early season the lack of openings to the northeast i think that really picked up there were a couple there was a really good actually in august my most notable opening was i forget the date but it was about a week ago up into the canadian maritimes right so, about this time last saturday that's yeah uh, that's we'll, yeah. 
Yep. We'll call it that Saturday, the 13th, something like that. Um, really fantastic. Lots of low power stations that shortened down to under 500 miles at one point up into the, the uh, Gaspi region of, of Quebec, which I've only heard once before. And then up into some of the remote communities in Labrador. Um, you know, of course, lots of stuff in Newfoundland. That's, you know, all sub 1000 miles to my Northeast. Um, that was amazing. Um, and then I think obviously I was fortunate enough to have several, um, transatlantic to, to the, to the continent of Europe, the, uh, event that we discussed on the last podcast of France. And then, uh, maybe four or five days later, right after we recorded, yeah, you made it to Portugal. Portugal. Yep. That was, that was really exciting. 87.7 and 87.9 in, uh, in the Southern and to Portugal, I think one of them's in the Lisbon area and then one's a little bit further north. So the European DXers all seem pretty familiar. I think even some of them had a nickname for these two stations, or the sisters or the twins or something like that. You know, stations that they always hear fade up at the bottom of the band. Um, was was fortunate enough to hear those. I have videos up on my YouTube channel. If you just kind of search in YouTube for Bryce Foster and look at the most recent videos, you can find them there. And then um, several, I've learned that the Azores is actually, you know, here with nothing on, with nothing below 88, including those pesky uh, DTV channel six carriers that I think there was some discussion about people seeing these waves of junk below 88 that's in the US, our channel, TV channel six. Um, not, none of that here, luckily. So it's just um, really great frequencies to monitor. So the 87.7 in the Azores, quite quite persistent. I think I logged it three times this season. Uh, unfortunately, this time it was always so weak that nothing really above 88 came in. So sure, I'm still, sure. still waiting on the blockbuster Azores opening. And there was really no, all the transatlantic stuff. I cannot complain about transatlantic, obviously, but it was very brief, weak Weak. signals. And then there was no real event like July 13th of last year. I was thinking it it was, it was actually, you know, again, I, nobody wants to hear DX complaints, but um, not a good season for Caribbean DX. No, um, not at, at all. At all. And you could argue maybe like July 13th made up for like two years worth of Caribbean DX, which is is very possible. But usually it's funny. There were a couple teases in May, um, which is not on, you know, there does seem to be a pattern. But there's also sometimes been a pattern like late July, even early August of Caribbean activity and Whatever reason that did just that uh, did not surface. Um, that is something that you know I try to look for, um, and I did not hear much here. So, um, but you know, that's that's the way it goes. Um, there were uh, no shortage of openings to Tulsa, um, Springfield, Missouri, and uh, the oh, Wichita area. So yes, uh, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the if Florida is analogous to Spain for the European DXers. I don't. I don't know what yeah. Missouri and Kansas <laughs> are, but it's. I don't know. Maybe uh, Look, maybe we, Italy we, or something. There. I mean, that's it's, it's yeah. It's probably probably, yeah. probably. But we all have. But hey, that's the beauty of it. Um, and, you know, there are times where, for sure, you can find some gems in those openings, too, depending on your dial. Absolutely. Um, but a really cool, you know, it, there was there was enough. And again, there were enough reports around. Um, and again, I think we'd be remiss without mentioning um, some of you may have seen it on Twitter. Um, Randy's or I know I know, you know, sometimes it's the the Randy Bryce Larry show. Um, but hey, I mean. You know, you celebrate the great catches. Randy's opening on July 18th um, from Goldfield, Nevada. Again, he's KW4RZ. We've had him on the program. We, you know, we we talk about him a lot. Um, but this opening um, was just amazing. Um, you know, he had been, I think, pining for it for a while. He, you know, he's had the double hop to Massachusetts. He's had New Jersey. He gets Ohio. Ohio is like a 2X pest. He uh, has a... Uh, you know, oh, to have such problems. But he had never, at least before this season, um, had Florida. It's not an unprecedented path. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, we've uh, mentioned uh, Matt from California Matt last year. AVI. Yeah. He had WBVM Tampa, as did um, the gentleman, um, uh, 
in uh, Moses Lake. He was up in Moses Lake, um, Washington. I believe he's since relocated. I am sorry for forgetting your name. Um, I think he might not have gotten by a name online. So uh, that so could, be, could be part of it. Send also, us an email if you're <laughs> the guy from Moses Lake. And also sometimes like I, I know there is some, you know, uh, 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 some there's probably been some points where I've mentioned people's names and I'm sorry if, if I do not want to make anybody uncomfortable um, revealing their identity here on the VHFDX podcast. So I'll, I, I should actually be more careful with that. I just want to celebrate your accomplishments when I come across them. But, um, you know, if you'd rather me not do that, please email us as well. Um, but the California Florida path is not unprecedented. As a matter of fact, I believe it was just name dropping here, but Jim Pizzi a veteran DXer. Um, I believe he's still around, like in the Rochester, New York area, WTFDA member. He used to DX in California. I think he eventually moved to New Mexico. Um, but I remember he had like double hop, you know, WRBQ Tampa 104.7 um, from Southern California. This is going back to like the 70s. So that path has happened. Um, so I think Randy knew it was like a matter of time before like the, you know, the the path opened and boy on july 18th did it ever um i mean rds super you know it was like a florida opening we get um with trent with a 92.9 tampa translator he was able to verify um you know 107 megahertz you know top of the dial the same florida you know stations that we might you know call pests up here he's getting 2100 2200 miles to miami west palm um I, you know, and, and also his panhandle home region, like so awesome. Um, I like I, I can't put into words like how crazy, like the quantity of double hop he had in this opening. Um, uh, there so- is an epic YouTube video. If you look up his Twitter account, he's definitely shared it there. I think it's unlisted because of all the, you know, silly YouTube music problems that Royalties, anytime sure, you sure. put, you have music and in, incidentally involved. So anyway, it's, it's up there. It's unlisted. If you just look at his Twitter, it's like 15 minutes of just incredible signals that sound like they're um, one single hop. And, uh, you know, Randy's reviewed these these IQ files very thoroughly. So, yeah, the translator catch, which for our European friends are relays of stations below 250 watts, uh, I believe was the first of its kind. I think actually in reviewing some of my old files, I, I, I recently found a, uh, a double hop translator to Puerto Rico from last year, but That's not right. nearly Randy's catch was over, over 2000 miles, which is in the mid 3000 kilometer range. Also for our European friends. I mean, just totally fantastic um, all the way in, into Miami, the Southeast corner of Florida. So that was definitely a, a, a highlight. And then I also think just in general, the, Again, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, and I know there are um, specific localized situations of sort of persistent droughts on the West Coast of DX, but the Western U.S. I feel like did really well this year, and Central U.S. I think as you went East in the U.S., I think maybe the overall grades get kind of lower. I think um, there was just, it was a really good season in the central and Western United States. Controversial statement. I know I'll get some emails after this. I'm sure. No, that's, but still from my, from what I could see just in the maps and reporting and auto loggers seem like a a, a plethora of activity out central and Western US. So congratulations to everyone who was able to participate. Now they say, you know, obviously all politics is local, all DX <laughs> yes. to an extent is is local as well. And I get it. I mean, you know, just yeah, I, I would just say, you know, separate the uh, the dial conditions and, you know, believe me, I get frustrated with my dial here um, from the conditions that are out there just observing it. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of, you know, again, shout out to, um, you know, I think Andrew in Ohio had a phenomenal season, um, you know, just for as much Florida as we have, like, it seemed like, I don't know, every day he had, you know, 108, you know, for a stretch, probably again, that that active July stretch. Um, I know uh, seeing a lot of reports from Bill in the Detroit area and eight UUP seemed like he had a, a pretty solid yeah. season. Central um, Midwest. Yeah. Like in general, seems Ex- like that was that the hub court. Yep. of activity. Yep. Kind of wish that'd be one where I'd like to at least had a remote receiver been in Tennessee at some point, because it seemed like there would have been a lot of 
really fantastic setups uh, kind of there in the Southeast as well. Uh, so yeah, great, great season in the US. Um, and then, you know, I think we did want to give some some shout outs to international activity as well, right, Nick? So um, yeah, we, we got in, in the course of getting some of those audio reports, we got some pretty good summaries of the season. I think probably two of the better ones came from Paul Logan and then another one from Yuka of the Finnish DX Association that put together like a really detailed list. So I'll let Nick talk about the Finnish DX Association since it's close to your traveling heart at the moment. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I won't. uh, So my trip was not you know, extremely DX based just because I was over there for a conference, a computer ethics uh, conference uh, in uh, so uh, how it how it was. And, you know, first, I want to give a shout out. I so I'll just I'll just call him Finn DX. You probably it, it, he traverses. I know Skywaves. He actually, he's a WTFDA member. Um, he was so generous. I sent him an email from, yeah, I think Newark airport, um, while I was waiting for my flight to Stockholm connected there and then flew into Helsinki. Um, and he just gave me everything that I needed to know as far as the dial conditions I'd be expecting. Uh, the first part of my trip was in Turku, uh, which is in the Southwest portion of the country. Um, and then the rest of my, you know, so that was for the conference. The conference was actually hosted at the uh, site of the University of Turku. Um, And then we spent the rest of the trip in Helsinki. Um, And so, you know, both of those cities, you know, he says crowded dial, you know, from my northern mid-Atlantic perspective, it, 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 you know, without seeing any of those dreaded sidebands, it seems more like an oasis to me. I couldn't do too much serious DXing. I just, you know, it was more of like a packing thing. I didn't want to check a bag. I'm sure anybody who's been traveling has probably been through it. Um, I actually did pick up a portable there that's capable of hearing DAB that I definitely paid too much for um but that's very on brand i just wanted a souvenir <laughs> um and actually it's so it's a sony i i'd be curious uh you know it's slight diversion but I'll, i'd be curious if anybody has any thoughts on the sony xdr s41d portable Ooh, um the so, i've heard of the xd of all of the s xdr series and yeah, we're on it, we're on zoom so nick is showing it to me right now this is uh, this is not wow, ha- this okay. is not helpful at all for you know the the rest of you all listening on audio um but just because of my affinity for the xdr series um having the f1 hd um for so many years a, a phenomenal tuner and then the s3 hd which i still have i still use you know for hd decodes in eSkip and tropo um I figured, well, I, this is the one I got to have. So I and paid that's, like that was still available at the store there at the, at like it, a the, the Giganti. Um, it's kind of like I'd say their Best Buy. Um, and they had one right in the center of Helsinki. Um, in their big, um, sort of you know, it, 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 big sort of you know citywide you know shopping area. Um, and so picked this up. Um, and it's funny, there were no DAB signals in Helsinki, um, but we did a 12 hour layover in Stockholm to the point where, um, I traveled with my aunt, um, we got a hotel at the Arlanda airport. Um, and so I was able to record, there's several different DAB signals from Stockholm. Um, so it seems like, you know, other than the lack of a tuning knob, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not turning into Nick, the receiver reviewer here, um, <laughs> but um, other than the lacking of a tuning knob, and obviously it doesn't have HD in the US, but it does have RDS, um, seems like a really cool portable. So, a you know, I have several souvenirs um, from Finland, including genuine Finnish glasses that I'm now oh, um, He looks sporting. very stylish. Yeah, you know, um, so. That's so. my evaluation, yeah. <laughs> So Finland was wonderful. I want to thank FinDX for, um, you know, taking the time to write like several lengthy emails. And it's funny, just so as we were, as Bryce put out the call for submissions to the podcast, um, we had a, and I, I want to make sure I, Juka, 
I've pronounced um, yeah. his name Yuka, and I, I'm probably getting it wrong. And it's, I got it wrong in my audio segment like 10 times. So sorry, you can send us an email and correct us, please. The, the was, only, you know, people uh, have asked, what, what finish did you pick up? The only thing I picked up with is Ketos is thank you, Ketos. So um, Ketos to Yuka um, for sending us this compilation that was presented um, as part of the Finnish DX Association, which, you know, I did not realize there was such a community um, of DXers in Finland, which just it, it just sort of emphasizes what a wonderful place it is. Um, the coffee alone, I feel like, is a reason to move there. Um, the fact that there's this DX community even more so. Uh, FinDX was telling me about several of the active DXers in Finland as well. Um, and they compiled all these clips, including some you know, of the 2022 season that Bryce uh, was able to uh, insert into this episode and just talk about their season, including some of the DX from the Lapland region, which that is like a bucket list um, item to go up there, obviously, you can you know, potentially see the Northern lights like brilliantly, um, but just seem, you know, it sounds like a wonderful place to be. Um, they have tours that go up there, you know, in the middle of winter where obviously you need, you know, you need the appropriate, uh, you know, precautions to go up there in the winter time. Um, but they get DX up there. Um, and there were several, you know, excellent openings in Finland, including after I left, unfortunately, like there were some, they've had some unusually, warm like record for late season warm weather there because you know the one thing i noted there was the climate was so comfortable temperatures like you know fahrenheit wise between 65 and 70 during the day um but they've been you know into the 80s you know which in mid to late august is is very unusual um and as a result there's been some tropo uh there's been some skip but but what i admire the most is what this Finnish dx uh dx uh group does is they so they compile they compiled data on the seasons. You know, we talked about the late Pat Dyer, WA5IYX, what he did in Texas um, for so many years. They have done the same going back to 1976. And, and I really admire this because they've used um, just reports out of old magazines, very similar to, um, you know, maybe the WTFDA's VUD um, as far as, you know, reports, which has always been a struggle as far as like, um, you know, who was reporting, you know, as far as like consistent right. data. So I'd love to hear more from Yuka about how this was compiled. And then um, something called, I tried to do some research on this. I'm not, you know, if, I'm so sure somebody can explain um, the FMTV busybody is what they used from 85 to 02. And then I think they've actively compiled a rating from 03 through the day. So they sort of, they, they actually have a, you know, a contingent that votes on the season. Um, and on a scale of one to five there in Finland, they gave 2022 a 3.9, which I think that sort of very much aligns. It's you know, a B, as it, basically. As it happens right? <laughs> with our, you know, a high B. And I think that's about, so I really love what they did. Um, they also, this is so cool. They have like, they have a contest. I'm just trying to imagine, you know, getting enough USDXers who would actually do this um, to like vote on the total or like, you know, do a prediction contest of like number of openings, number of logs for a season that they, they, they actually do this. Um, they have a winner, um, Risto, I believe the, uh, the gentleman's name who came closest with like number of logs for um, 2022. Um, so, I don't know what they have going on is just like awesome. Mm. So um, maybe, oh, maybe we could do this with FM list, which I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if I see a lot of the maps in this slide deck are FM list maps. So that's with that one source get. of data where we could probably pull from, I think we can maybe, maybe think about this for North America project for you, Nick. Yeah. Let's you know, go. it was funny back in, I think it was 2008. The WTFDA actually, and this might have been a thing like years back, they actually had a contest you would send uh, Doug Smith, W9WI, the number of logs every month that you rounded up. And at the end of the season, there'd be a winner. So I think, you know, like it was neck and neck between me and, you know, our nemesis, Randy, and Randy won. You know, I I was trying to give him a, a run for his money. 
um, you know, trying to like, you know, maybe go over the top with some like regional tropo logs. But Randy, when he was in Fort Walton Beach, he he won the contest. So um, but but really cool. The fact that they're doing this. Um, so it, it, overall, my take is Finland is just a, a excellent place to be just just to be there to clean air, good food, transportation system. Wonderful. Um, as long as you hit the green button to exit the train, which <laughs> my aunt and I did not recognize on our very long Monday trying to get to Turku. Um, but and DX possibilities as well. Um, so really cool. And I think that sort of mirrors Bryce, um, like the observations from Paul, um, who, you know, sort of at Paul Logan, I, you know, he, he should just go by Paul. Um, but from Ireland that, you know, after a very slow May, things picked up in June. Um, and he had very high sentiments for the season, I think, overall. From yeah, it, it seems like the European peaks were kind of mid-June. I, I, we'll, we'll talk a little bit in the clips um, about some of the mid-June double hop. Um, you know, overall seems like this June kind of 10th through 20th period was very, very active in, in Europe. And then they went through a bit of a July drought like we did. And then there's been a really great, I think even up till maybe today or yesterday yep. uh, uh, in, in August with, we'll call it the Perseids bump, um, produced kind of a late, late season wave in Europe. But it does seem like the mid-June period in terms of excellent, high quality double hop openings, um, was really focused in in June, and then there was a you know kind of a bump in July and with a slow May. So similar, really, to our our U.S. environment. I think sometimes we look at the maps and uh, just with the population and and DXer concentration and in DXers. Europe, it, yep. it looks like they're just all oh Europe's at it DX. again. Yep. Two hundred megahertz. We never get, but it, it, I don't. I think you're exactly right. I think that's yeah. not necessarily the reality. Um, I think it's also interesting, like, for example, Paul Logan, I have no I have no idea if this is actually a, a correlation, but he had noted he had thought the season was over. And then all of a sudden, I, it wasn't last night, but the night before at, at 11 p.m. local time, he was getting skipped, I believe, to Italy. Like the cross path was Norway was getting Spain because everybody has to get Spain out of an opening. <laughs> um, and so it was funny, you know. Last night, there actually was, I didn't, I, I, my antenna, this is another uh, conversation for the equipment part. My antenna was pointed the wrong way. Um, but there was actually an FM cloud. I saw Chris and Poughkeepsie um, had Tulsa um, last night at like 1030. So I don't know that did, did, you know, things sort of come over, you know, the Atlantic. I don't know, but it is, I, I think there is more similarity to our patterns than people might think. So I think it's very yep. Yeah. And finally, kind of the geographic footprint in, in Europe, um, it really seems like the, the best sort of exotic outstanding DX was was them to uh, northern Africa. So I think Paul yeah. had multiple instances of this Western Sahara. In fact, Paul took a tally of his uh, he used actually, I think it's a, a good benchmark, maybe even for some of us to use of DXCC entities, which for those of you who are not familiar with DXCC, I think DX Century Club, it, you know, kind of a ham radio entity that they don't, they have a, they have their own entities that are officially recognized and not all of them are necessarily countries like for us here, Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, those would all be separate entities from the mainland US. So Paul logged 60 of them this season, which is just incredible um, and shows really the, the density of smaller countries and entities in Europe. So I think he said, he, including some new ones, um, double hop to Israel and Palestine, and then single hop to Liechtenstein, the tiny landlocked country there um, near near Switzerland uh, and, and a total of 60. So absolutely fantastic. And it, and it does seem like the exotic and double hop DX for a lot of the European DX community was was into Northern Africa, like Western Sahara, um, off the coast in the Canary Islands, Algeria, etc. Uh, so congratulations to the European community for a, a great 2022. And then I think we talked a little bit about the influence of the Perseids. I really feel like there's not much for us to say about the about the Perseids, given that there's no real correlation. Usually we're not working off the same burns, given how sporadic everything is. But it does seem like the 
purely anecdotal. Nick operates in the land of data. I live in the land of random, un, unsubstantiated yeah, anecdotes. Sometimes but, you just got to go with your ears. That's, my, uh, yeah. you know, darn it. That's, uh, you know, it's, it, again, there's like the sports analogy too. That's, you know, yeah, what does it pass the eye test? Well, for us, does it, does it pass the ear test? But that's uh, right. And it does seem like the Perseids get a really good grade this year. I, at least the Twitter DX community, which is probably the one I'm most tied into. Uh, a lot of people saying that this was just spectacular compared to previous seasons. I observe the same thing here. Um, I have some of my own little noise gremlins and some other issues, but overall with those things um, set apart, I feel like the rates were not anything really crazy mind blowing, but there were some really high quality burns that um, I don't think you really got to do much Perseids DXing Nick, but uh, I certainly here in Massachusetts had a great Perseids, and, and for me, it was more quality over quantity, but I, we did hear from some of the DXers in more remote locations that um, both quantity and quality were spectacular. And then I think it being so good, of course, my pet theory, my crazy, you know, crazy uncle Bryce conspiracy theory <laughs> is that the uh, meteors passing through the, you know, maybe we'll call it half open e-layer uh i think that there is some correlation between oh. meteors traveling through east i think you'd have to be blind them up yeah yep. i think you'd have to be blind not to see that that's because i do i think based on based on reports we were seeing um it, it, this seemed like an exceptional perseids and i think as a result it seemed like a very vibrant um you know and it, it just centered around the shower um of sporadic e um to the point where i think i even noted um you know like the beginning of the opening there's got to be something to it like it sounded even meteor scatterer you know like like there was an influence the signal sort of ended up dissolving into more typical sounding sporadic e but um just the 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 texture to the signal there there's got to be ah, something texture. there i yeah, like that word so, so yeah our, we're our really this is, these are very scientific descriptors <laughs> that i'm using here um but i totally agree with you um but just just based on what i was seeing um you know same observations um as far as you know a very active perseids peak um yeah again maybe not necessarily with the rates but i don't know that this is never this is ever like a rate um heavy shower uh, versus december. december exactly um, which i think is the best um we sort of did have a dip um in at least in the east coast as far as like tropo clutter too which i think probably helped you out a bit um as well yes for sure um, that's always a problem with the perseids and tropo centric areas in the northern hemisphere it's in the sort of the peak of summer heat and inversions and just clutter you know not interesting tropo just annoying tropo. oh yeah and then just the, and the it just kills you, yep yep the open yep. frequencies although i had some good catches actually that came up over i have a 50 kilowatt local about 40 kilometers or 25 miles to my north and uh i managed to get like three ids on top of it kind of with it in its null so anyway uh great quality Perseids uh, this year. And the final note that I think we'll leave this part one on is um, Nick was talking a little bit about the meteor into e-skip correlation. There was a really great, if you sort through his Twitter feed, uh, Paul Logan, who is at FMDX Ireland on Twitter, he's got a big following and he posted a great video of, of a meteor burn morphing into a uh, what sounds like e-skip so kind of what nick's talking about a little bit there's a great video that illustrates that on his twitter page and of course um we'll talk a little bit more about twitter and and uh communications and tools here in part two please join us here in about two weeks um if if, you, uh, if you're listening to this fresh uh, around the labor day weekend that's our target for getting part two um, out there along with some great submissions uh, from our North American DX community next in, in part two. So uh, that also means you North Americans and, you know, anybody anywhere, please, not just North Americans, uh, feel free to continue sending some of your favorite audio clips as you uncover them, the HF DX podcast 
at gmail.com. Until next time, enjoy our little audio compilation here. Thanks. Thanks again for listening today. As we mentioned, we're so pleased and humbled to get this time with you. For most of you, our hobby is one that engages at least partially over the means of audio, just like this show. With that in mind and by popular demand, we want to give back at least 10 to 15 minutes to your audio highlights. We put the call out over a few mediums asking for some of your favorite DX highlights over the past few months. I'm thrilled and overwhelmed by the response, particularly from our DX community beyond the borders of North America. Thanks to your gracious response, we can't quite get to all of the highlights in just one episode. So we're going to play what we can in this time window, and you'll have to stay tuned over the coming episodes to hear some of the other incredible submissions we received. Nothing would thrill me more for this DX traffic jam to continue, and we plan to do this every episode. So as you continue receiving excellent DX or digging gems out of your SDR IQ files over the off-season, at least the off-season for us in the Northern Hemisphere, please continue sending us your highlights, whether it's just interesting audio clips or observations or anecdotes about your DX seasons. Without further ado, we're going to work our way from east to west, starting with the most distant DXer from where Nick and I sit in the eastern United States. That submission comes from Ken Alexander, VE3HLS. That's Victor Echo 3, Hotel Lima Sierra. You can find him at, at VE3HLS on Twitter. Ken is living in DXing from the northeast of Thailand and writes us, I've done a little FM DXing from our home near Toronto in the past. I retired and moved to Northeast Thailand in 2018, and we've been very busy since. Only in the last year, after we moved into the new house we built, have I given serious thought to DXing again. In June this year, I put together a rotatable dipole on a 10-foot bamboo pole and lashed it to a fence post not far from my shack window. I chose a good day to begin listening. The band was in spectacular shape and crowded with e-skip from China and Indonesia. Probably elsewhere, but it was overwhelming for a beginner on day one. With a little more experience, I noticed there were several e-skip modes with openings to different target areas as follows. First, to the north and northeast, mainland China, Taiwan, and Japan. To the south, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Singapore. To the west, India and Bangladesh. And to the east and southeast, the Philippines and Brunei. On certain special days, it will start in China and swing around to one or several of the other target regions. I've collected several SDR receivers over the years. I use an AirSpy R2 and an SDR Play RSP Duo most often. I'm spending a lot of time with different SDR software systems. Each has capabilities and glaring emissions that others don't have, which makes it hard to pick just one. My furthest DX so far has been Harbin, China at about 3,750 kilometers or 2,300 miles. And my best DX was the Bhutan Broadcasting Service on 88.1, which I heard just a few days ago with news in English. Ken shares three clips with us today. The first clip features a station from Japan's unique sub-88 MHz band. This is 80.2 FM, which goes by FM802 in Osaka, Japan. For Ken, this is a double hoppy skip reception, clocking in at over 2200 miles or 3600 kilometers. More happy, more funky, more cool. FM 802. 802 Moving west into mainland China, the next clip comes from Beijing, with a convenient English ID that I'd swear was from North America if they didn't mention their location in China. Beijing is about 1,700 miles or 2,700 kilometers from Ken. Hey, this is AJR. Hey, guys, this is Eva Max. This is China's number one hit music station. Number one hit music on the other side of the compass in India, we find the Red FM network. If you thought some national networks make identifying individual stations challenging in North America and Europe, I think this one takes the cake. Red FM broadcasts on the same frequency, 93.5, in over 60 cities in India. This is one of them, heard by Ken. Ken assumes this is likely a higher power station from his skip zone located in Calcutta, India. If you listen closely, you'll hear several jingles with their slogan, 93.5 Red FM, 
followed by a pretty clear audio ID, mostly in English. Moving west to the European continent, Yuka Kordovirta of Helsinki, Finland is the next contributor. Yuka shared a treasure trove of interesting audio, updates, and statistics as discussed by the Finnish DX Association. Lots and lots of good material, everything except how to pronounce some of these Finnish names and locations, so I apologize in advance to Yuka and any offended Finnish listeners today. It was hard, but we picked a few key clips for today. If we can, we'll definitely play more in a future episode as, again, it's a treasure trove. We mentioned a little bit about the great e-skip conditions in June in Europe, and that included some fantastic double hop for DXers in the northern half of the European continent. Juka was able to log these stations while DXing away from home in the location of Uto Island, which is located in the waters between the southern regions of Finland and Sweden. The first clip features a station on 97.8, part of the Dial network in Spain. Located in Soquemos, just south of Madrid, this station is around 2,800 kilometers, or 1,730 miles from Uto Island. Yuka received this on June 9th, one of two days in a row of double hop e-skip from Finland into FM. Vigésimo sexta edición Premios Dial. Los premios de la música en español. Entradas ya a la venta en cadenadial.com y Citykets. 97.8 Socuellamos. Cadena Dial. Rocería Marisquería Kiele abre este fin de semana su terraza interior con la Feria del Marisco. Habrá especiales. The next clip Yuka shares is across the Mediterranean Sea in Tunisia, the following day, June 10th. It seems like it was a great year for reception into northern parts of Africa for European DXers, and this is a prime example. This station, Karama FM, is located in central Tunisia and broadcasts on 100 megahertz even. This is about 2,900 kilometers or 1,800 miles from Juca's DX location in Uto Island. Finally, at least for now, Yuka shares this clip of fellow Finnish DXer, Jari Korhonen, in the town of Toyo Moravi in eastern Finland. This one is a single hop log, but of course there's a twist. It's just 100 watts. Radio Emotion broadcasts from 104.9 in the heart of Belgium. De loin, la plus proche des radios. L'été, c'est plus de musique en continu. Émotion, la radio proche de vous. La radio proche de vous. Now moving to what seems like the hub of European DX, Spain. From the south of Spain, we say saludos a Rafa Munoz. Rafa reached out on Twitter and sent us this note, which I've lightly edited for clarity in the context of the podcast. Rafa writes, DXing in Spain is difficult. There are saturated dials, stations with huge bandwidths, and illegal stations. 
We do what we can. In my case, going to the beach when FM list sends alerts. Or sometimes I have luck at my parents' house in Hegin, in the province of Albacete. Hegin has just 30,000 inhabitants versus 400,000 where I live in Murcia. I'm attaching two clips. The station is a pirate in the Netherlands, Megafox Radio. It is typical in the Netherlands that they throw a party and broadcast the party on the radio. Afterward, they either dismantle the station or the police take away their equipment. DXer Ari Hermans, a Dutch man who lives in Cordoba, Spain, helped me identify this station. The broadcast went by Kiek in the Vey, or Cows in the Mountains. On YouTube, it says the broadcast is Oldenzaal, but I reached out to the station's Facebook page and they told me it broadcasted from Datumsvart. From my DX location that day in Hegin, this was 1,800 kilometers of distance, or about 1,100 miles. Thanks again to Rafa for this wonderful submission. Rafa also shared a note from the radio station on Facebook where they actually responded to him and gave him some details and a few pictures of their broadcast that day. They confirmed that they were broadcasting with 35,000 watts and an antenna about 85 meters high, which is about 300 feet. Rafa also mentions that this station, on the eastern edge of the Netherlands, speaks a specific regional dialect and not mainstream Dutch. For what it's worth, my mother is also from the Netherlands, and I confirmed this with her. She could only understand some of what was being said. Heading to the western edge of the European continent is a familiar name on this podcast, Paul Logan. Paul sends a fantastic clip that will probably sound familiar to us North American DXers, along with a general summary of his season. Paul writes, All in all, it's been a very good season, despite May being one of the worst I can ever remember for eSkip, with logs down over 90% versus 2021. A good year sees me hearing about 50 DXCC entities. 2022 has brought 60. There are plenty of highlights. June 11th was the best double hop opening I've seen toward the southern Balkans and Middle East, with Israel and Palestine being heard for the first time. The season also brought the first signals here from Libya and Mauritania, both double hop e-skip. Additionally, there were some excellent 2x ease openings to the Canary Islands and the Western Sahara. As for single hop, it's been steady and good with the rarest spot in Europe, Liechtenstein, finally logged here on June 11th after many years of trying. Again, overall, 2022 was very good, and I have a gargantuan number of files to review in the winter. Along with that note, Paul sends his clip from June 15th, which includes some of his signature transatlantic e-skip, in this case to the edge of our North American continent in Newfoundland, Canada. This station is 90.7 CBC Music, which goes by the call letters CBN FM1. The station is located in Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland, and broadcasts with 57,000 watts of power. The distance from Paul on this excellent catch is just over 2,000 miles or 3,300 kilometers. The sounds of home. CBC Music, Canada's music station. With that, we thank our four international contributors again, Ken Alexander, Yuka Cordovirta, Rafa Munoz, and Paul Logan. We'll be back with part two of this podcast, along with some audio and anecdotes of DXers in North America. Nick and I might even slip a clip or two of our own into the mix. Stay tuned and see you next time.